Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Because he is worthy, isn't he? To God be the glory. That's the, our series that we own. Today's message is, Lord, I want to bear much fruit. Lord, I want to bear much fruit. And I want to first go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 8. Let's go there. It says, My Father is glorified by this. Now, we, we can't get anything more plain than that. Because that's what we want to do. We want to glorify him. And he said that he is going to be glorified. He's going to not give his glory to anyone. Not anyone. So I'm excited about when he says that this is Jesus talking. My father is glorified by this. I know what's coming behind that. I know it's going to tell me exactly how he's glorified. And it says that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciple. Now I know that we want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Because we wouldn't be here if we didn't want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And he says then, so shall you be my disciples because you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to glorify me and you're also, you also are going to be my disciple. I said, okay, this is, this, is, this is it right here. So I want to bear much fruit. Not just some fruit. I want to bear much fruit. That's what I want to do. And I know you do too. Let's look in Galatians chapter 5. Let's go to verse 22 because uh, that's what he's telling us. Uh, that's, that's the one that we said, okay, last week we said, well, okay, I know. I know about the fruit. I know about the flesh. We did that. But the thing is that uh, what we want to do is not concentrate. I know the Lord doesn't want us to concentrate uh, because I've, I've asked him. He said, do not concentrate on the works of the flesh. Don't concentrate on that. Okay, God, don't concentrate on that. Because if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Won't fulfill it. So I don't have to be concerned about it that much because I need to be aware that when I'm in the flesh, so I know the works of the flesh, and they are like some of those that's mentioned in Galatians, but I know they're not all of it. So I don't know all of it, but I know when I'm walking in the Spirit, and I know when I'm not walking in the Spirit, 
because I'm concentrating on the fruit of the Spirit, even though all of the fruit is not here, it's listed in Galatians, but I know that things just like that, I know that I'm going to be in the, in the Spirit. And that's what we talked about last week. So let's review uh, in Galatians chapter 5. Let's start in verse 22. Let's start there. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, that means that the, the manifestations or the, the, uh, the things that the Spirit is going to work in us because of his presence in us are going to be like these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things and things like that we want to concentrate on. So, I want to just go through just a few of these and just uh, elaborate just a little bit on what some of them mean. Now, let's talk first of all about long-suffering. Because, see, we are in 1 Samuel. We're in 1 Samuel. We're going to go to that. But first of all, let's look a little bit at long-suffering. Because long-suffering means forbearance. Forbearance. Can we bear up under things and people? Can we bear up under See, uh, when, when you hear about long-suffering... Long-suffering has to do with people. Uh, it, it, it's not talking about uh, things and situations that would be called patience. They are two different Greek words. Long-suffering, even though they're found together a lot of times. But long-suffering is suffering a long time with people. We're in a world with people, and we have situations in the world. But long-suffering is a fruit of the Spirit. Of course, you know patience is going to be a fruit of the Spirit, too. But um, long-suffering is what we want to concentrate on today. It's self-restraint. You've got to restrain yourself from saying things that you shouldn't say, when you're dealing with people. And sometimes we don't want to restrain ourselves. We want to say what's on our mind. But long-suffering says do not say what's on your mind. Keep your lips sealed. Don't say anything. That is hard to do. It takes practice. Would you agree with that? Especially the closer you are to people because you feel uh, that you can say things and it doesn't affect you that much. At work, if you have a job, you don't say what's on your mind all the time because you won't be there that long. But we don't realize that which we will talk about in another series, that our words 
affect the spirit realm. And God is listening. Satan and his demons are listening. And we don't want to speak things in the atmosphere like that because we want to be just like God. God is long-suffering with people, is he not? He's long-suffering with me. Can you say that same thing about you? And we want him to be. We want mercy. We don't want judgment. He's long-suffering with with people who are not yet saved because he was long-suffering with us when we were not yet saved. He was long-suffering with my father who was not saved until later on in his life when God gave him an opportunity to lead him to the Lord. And, I, and I'm thankful for that because you are praying for people that you hope that God is going to continue to be long-suffering with them even up until they're on their sick bed, hospice is coming, they have to be a part of that, you're still praying for the salvation of their soul, and you hope God is long-suffering until they give their life to the Lord. You don't want them to leave here. God is long-suffering. So therefore, we should be long-suffering. It's the quality of a person that they could... They could now avenge themselves. You, you, you know, uh, sometimes people do things to you, but you can't do anything about it. But long suffering is when you can avenge yourself, but you don't. You don't. It reminds me of, of, of sometimes you see a picture of, of uh, a family. They have two animals. They have a, a big dog, and they have a little dog. And they just get this little dog. And this big dog, the family, of course, going to require that it doesn't, uh, you know, just bite scratch and do things to the little dog that you just got. But everybody knows that a little dog is going to be playful. A little puppy, a, you know what I'm talking about? A, a, a little puppy, a puppy he's going to jump on the big dog. He's going he gonna to do everything that big dog because he loves to play. The big dog is going to have to have what? Long suffering <laughs> with that with that little puppy. And with the situation too, they're going to have to have patience. And we are discussing that. Uh, and I'm going through these just because it's in the verses that we are going to go through and what we'll be going through in First Samuel. Goodness. Goodness is better translated 
generosity. Generosity is a fruit of the Spirit. It, it, it is a characteristic of God. Generosity. God is generous. So if, if we are stingy, it's not a fruit of the Spirit because God is generous. He is generous to us. Isn't he? Yes, he's generous. He's generous. He gives us things a lot of times we don't deserve. A lot of times we don't deserve. He's generous. Temperance. Self-control. Is better translated self-control. That's something that we need to have more self-control. Because you can do things, but you're going to be temperate because the Holy Spirit is temperate. He is temperate. Now let's go to First Samuel 28. Now we were there last week. And I said, we're going to pick it up there this week. And we want to pick it up on verse 18 where we stop. We stop at 17, so we'll pick it up at 18. We, we, know, the, we know the history. If you weren't there, uh, weren't here last week, you can just get the, get the tape. Uh, but because uh, I don't want to review the whole thing, uh, what I want to do is just to concentrate on where we left off. But we know that that um, the background is that David wanted to uh, send his men and get some provisions for him in order to eat. Because he's on the run. He's not, he doesn't have a permanent home here. He's on the run from Saul. So here he says, I want you to go and uh, Nabal's having a, a festive time. I want you to get some things from him. Anything that he, he finds in his hand that he get, get, get for him. We know that Nabal tells him, no, um, I don't know who David is. I know he's the son. Of, he didn't even say, I know that. He said, who is David, the son of, of um, Jesse? So he, he talked all mean to him. And we're going to pick it up right there, verse 18. Because uh, the, the servant came and told Abigail that, Oh, let me tell you what a master did. This is what he did. David says, some men, he said this, he did this. And uh, now you're going to have to find out what you're going to do because uh, evil is on the way. Verse 18. Then Abigail, Herod, and took, let's stop there. Now it's important as, as we uh, 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 reading and studying because what we want to do is not just read this. We could have just sent out an email and say, read this right here and uh, you don't have to come to church today. But we want to be together, pray together, read together and my responsibility is to try to shine some light on what God is asking me to shine light on that we may be 
more fruitful. Abigail could have said, okay, uh, servant, thank you for telling me that. This is what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to get some things together, and I want you to take them to De- uh, uh, David. And I want you to tell, tell David this right here. She could have done that. She had the power to do that. But we have the power to do things sometimes, but it's better a lot of times to, if something is very important, and would you agree that was very important? Because if it's done wrong, what's going to happen is it's not going to be anybody else left that wears pants. He's going to kill every male. That's what David's going to do and his men. So it's very serious. So she didn't, something that serious, plus it's going to affect Abigail. Because if she has this, she's rich because she has all this stuff, and he kills every male, where does it leave her and her maidens? <laughs> uh, so, so it affects her. Go yourself. Go yourself. Don't send somebody for you if it's so important that it's going to affect, affect your livelihood, it's going to affect your family, it's going to affect um, everything. Don't you send somebody to represent you. You send, you. did David, did David say, hey, uh, the men came by and told David, hey, you sent us, we, we, you, we went in your name, we said this, he did this. Did David say, okay, I'm going to send you back, and I want you to take care of this. Uh, David girded up his sword. He's a, he's a gird up your sword. He girded up his said, let's go. You follow me. David went because it was serious. I say that we need to know what things are serious and what things we can send somebody uh, because we have to know that Abigail, it already said, was wise, a wise woman. And, oh, what a, a message to, to the ladies is that, that she's a virtuous woman. You know, she's, she's a wise woman. And so she goes herself. And she didn't tarry. So you know what? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray to God. Thank you, servant. Let me go in my prayer closet and spend a couple, three hours praying. And let's see what God says. No. We can pray in a matter of a second. We can also already know what to do because we've been with God. We've been in a holy place. We've been where, where we, we, we know what God is, is, is doing. He know what God is saying because we're in his presence. And we have read his book that tells us a Proverbs is a, is, is, is a oh, my goodness grace, you get wisdom from Proverbs. And no matter how old your children are or how young, uh, get them in Proverbs. Read Proverbs to them. It, Proverbs is a wisdom book. And I'm going to tell you that, that um, you, you're wise, and she was wise, and she said, I'm a hurry. And she told him exactly what to do right there and then. She hurried, and she took two 
hundred loaves of bread. When I first read that, when I first read that, I was thinking, wait a minute. He sends 400 men. He tells 200 men to stay there with the stuff, with the baggage. That's 600 men plus David. And I'm thinking, it says here, 200 loaves of bread. Now, I, I was getting a picture. Wait a minute now. A loaf of bread, 200, 6,000 men. How much bread is each man going to get? And I'm thinking that they're not going to get full. This is not much of anything. She was rich. Live over rich. But we have to understand, as I was also meditating on it, that, wait a minute, we are talking about she doesn't have time to prepare. She has to take what's on hand. <laughs> she has to take what she has here. And being rich, you, you got things stored up. And plus she knew it was sure cheap time. So she got things already. So if she had taken everything, that wouldn't have been wisdom because she knows that Nabal, when he finished shearing the sheep, he's going to have a festive time. She knew all that. So she's preparing all these things. So these two lo- these, these, are, these, these 200 loaves of bread was a lot. And Nabal didn't want to give his bread. And he said, and my water. You remember last week he said, and my water, why should I give that to somebody I don't even know their origin? Water? Man. You get water from a stream. Stream, come on. You can get water anywhere. And he, Abigail doesn't send no water. What does she send? The best. She sends two jugs of wine. She sends not sheep. She sends five sheep already prepared. So you don't have to kill them. You don't have to do all this cooking. You're on the run, Dave. you got to be able to get your hat and coat and run as soon as, uh, 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 you know, somebody comes. They say, oh, Saul is here. you got you got to get up. So it's already prepared for him. Five measures of roasted grain and a hundred custards of raisins. And 200 cakes of figs. Now, now you say, well, man, that's good because she's thinking that he, he, want, he she wants him to eat healthy, you know. But, see, everybody likes when they eat some bread, you know, they drink some wine. They, they got, they got some, some meat going there. They want some dessert. Everybody wants some dessert. Mother's Day, I bet you won't have a meal and don't have no dessert. Everybody's going to have some dessert. And, and so that's, that's their dessert, see, because we'll talk about figs as dry. We're talking about, we're talking about raisins as dry so you know it's sweet, right? I just put raisins in my cereal because I, I, 
I, I wanted something sweet in my cereal. Uh, so, so it's sweet. So she's thinking of, this is, this is a, you know, I said, I, I said that uh, Jesus, or fruit of the Spirit, is generosity. This lady is generous right here. Generous. And she loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her young men, go on before me. In other words, don't tarry. You just go. Because what I want, my, I want, I want my gift to go before me. So when you, if you meet David, he's going he's gonna to stop you and going to say, whose things are these? Where are you taking this? So she said, go on ahead of me. Behold, I am coming. I'm not going to send you. I'm coming after you. The gifts go on before me, and I'm coming after How many of you know that the word says your gift makes, come on, finish it, room for you? That's, that's scripture. That's in the word of God, and it's telling us some wisdom that if you face a situation, she knew that her gift, can go before, and you think of you think of the um, another place in the Bible, who sent gifts before him, so that when it when the person came, they were going to see the gifts and have mercy on him. You remember Jacob? You remember Esau was going to kill him because he took his birthright. He took his uh, it took his blessing and all that. And so here he's coming. And, and um, he's going to say, hey, Esau's coming. He got all these men with him. And, and he's, he gets smart. He says, okay, all right, I know what to do. And he, he starts giving gifts and sending these gifts and send them in droves so that one gift will come. Then here comes another gift. Then come here another gift. Then another gift. And then, another, and then he'll come later. Well, this is what she's doing. Sending gifts before her. Verse 19. She said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I'm coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Now, what, what is his name symbol of? Okay, foolish. Can be you know, something nice, but we know that Nabal, uh, his parents probably named him something nice, but his character was foolish. She didn't tell him. Why, what do you think would happen if she told him? So you got to have some wisdom there. What do you think would happen if she told him? He would stop her. No, no, don't do this. Well, look, David is coming. He can come all he wants to. I tell him the same thing I told him last time. She didn't tell him. Now, wives, that doesn't mean that you go do things and people want to get married. It doesn't mean you go do things. And the pastor said about, about you know, uh, in the scripture, and it says in the scripture, she didn't tell her husband. I'm going to do things, and I'm not going to tell my husband because he's not going to agree with me, so I'll do things 
right behind his back, and he'll be all right. No, don't do that. See, she was doing things without telling the husband because she, she was actually, um, prayer people call it interceding. She was interceding for the life of her husband and the life of the, the people uh, that he had around him. And the whole household, she was interceding for that. And when he found out, and you know that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't say you shouldn't have done that. You know, you shouldn't have done that. No, um, he wouldn't have done that. So she was wise in not telling him. But I'm trying to explain to you that don't take that as I'm glad that he said that because um, the pastor said some things you just don't tell your husband. You know? No, don't do that. I'm not saying that. You have to use wisdom, and you have to be scripture also, from Genesis to Revelation. So he didn't tell her husband. Verse 20. It came about as she was riding on her donkey and coming down by the hidden part of the mountain, there that behold, here comes David. Here comes David and his men were coming down towards her, so she met them. Now, here's the wise woman. That's why she didn't just send her, her, her servant. Now, David has said, surely, in vain. Now he, he, he's rehearsing. He's rehearsing in his mind. Surely in vain. I have guarded all that this, this man, he knew, his, he knew his name, but he called now. This man has in the wilderness so that nothing was missing. Nothing was missed of all that belonged to him. And he has turned, returned evil. Good. He's rehearsing this because he, he's, he's, he's getting worked up. He, he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of him. And verse 22 says, May God do so to, to the enemies of David, and more also if by morning I leave as much as one male of any who belongs to him. So there's going to be no more sheep shearing, no more servants that are men. All of them are going to be wiped out. And here comes Abigail leading. Then Abigail saw David. She heard. She didn't just casually. She said she heard. Ooh, my goodness gracious. And dismounted from her donkey and fell on her face before David and bowed herself to the ground. Now, I know that uh, most people say, well, I wouldn't do that because that's, that's like worshiping somebody. And that, well, God doesn't want us to worship nobody. I'm not going to fall on my face before, before David. I'm not going to do anything. This woman is wise. This woman is wise. She knows that she needs to intercede 
heard the, the gifts already. He's seen the gifts because the gifts weren't before. Now she's saying, okay, now I have to talk to him. I got to talk to him. And it's no guarantee that, that David was going to talk to him. Because you just don't go in the presence of a, of, of a great person. Anybody who went, went, went if you're going to go in the, in the presence of a, of a great person, like a king in the Old Testament, things like that, you're you going to have to bring some gifts. You're going to have to bring something. You're going to have to get an audience with him. So she falls on bows herself to the, to the ground. Verse 24 says, she fell at his feet and said, listen to what she said, on me, on me alone, my Lord. What does that tell us? Here she's saying, here, here she's saying now, look, on me, on me. She could have said, Fallen faith. Oh, my foolish husband. He did. No, 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 no. On me. On me. Alone. Nobody else. On me, my Lord. And my Lord is, is, is you know, a, 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 just a, a title of honor. On me, my Lord. Be the blame. Most most people wouldn't do that. They always, what, what do we always do? Point fingers, right? I was hiding. Why were you hiding? I was nagging. Who told you you were nagging? This woman that you gave me. The woman said, this snake, you you know, the serpent. Everybody pointing fingers from the beginning. And no, no. She said, on me, on me alone, my Lord, put the blame. And please. Let your maidservant speak to you and listen to the words of your maidservant. So she's, she wants to talk to him. Now, how many of you know that she, he's going to listen to her? He's going to listen to her. All, all these gifts, he's going, she's bowing down. She's giving him respect. She's not blaming him as she's saying on her. And he knows she didn't do anything, but he's going to listen to her. So she's speaking, verse 25. Please do not let my Lord pay attention to this worthless man, Nabal. Now she explains now that she knows how her husband is. She's been living with him. She knows how he is. And she's acknowledging to David that you are upset with Nabal. I'm taking the blame. And I'm letting you know that his character is this way. This is, this is part of him. He can't help it, David. Because that's his name. And it, everybody knows that's how he is. Don't, don't look at that how he is, I want you to listen to me. So then she keeps going. 
as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and Follis is, is with him. So that's his character. But let's take our eyes off of Nabal now. Let's take a second. David, listen. But I, your maid servant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. So she's saying that it's my fault. I take the blame. Me alone. Uh, I take the blame. But let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Look, I didn't see those men. I really didn't see them. If I had seen them, I would have done something about it. Uh, but I didn't see them. Verse 26. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, as, it, as, the, Lord, as the Lord lives and your soul lives, since the Lord is restrained you, since the Lord has restrained you from shedding blood, and from avenging yourself by your own hand. Now then, let your enemies and those who seek evil against you, my Lord, be as Nabal. Now who is she talking about? She knows that... that, that uh, that um, the king is chasing David. She knows that. She's heard about it. Everybody's heard about it. And she's saying that, look, uh, 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 I don't want, I don't want uh, the king to catch up with you, do harm to you. Uh, I want them to be just like uh, Nabal, the God to deal with them. Verse 27. Now, let these gifts, which your maidservant, she keeps saying maidservant, has brought to you, to my Lord, be given to the young men whom accompany my Lord. So she's saying, look, you sent them. Nabal didn't do anything. I came and we brought the gifts. Just as if they would have been given when your men came. Give them to your young men. Verse 20. Please forgive the transgression of your maidservant. She's still taking the eyes off of Nabal now. Let's just talk about me. Okay. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord, an enduring house, because my Lord is fighting the battle of the Lord, and evil will not be found in you all your days. So Saul, she's saying that, you know, um, I don't want no evil is going to befall you. You're going to be who God says you're going to be. Verse 29, should anyone 
rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, which Saul is doing, then the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord, your God. So she was saying, you're going to be hidden by the Lord. Not only your life, but also your, your soul is going to be in a bundle. And it says, but the living of your enemies, he was clean out as from the hollow of a sling. See, she knows words. Verse 30. And when the Lord does for my Lord, according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you, and upon you ruler over Israel, so she knows that David's going to be the ruler. It's already been, you know, Samuel's already anointed him, and all this, that. she knows all that. This will not cause grief or a trouble, a trouble hard to my Lord, both by having shed blood without cause. What do you mean without cause? I had cause because he, he didn't give me, I, I did this and he didn't do well, I, 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 I brought all this stuff, gifts to you. I don't want you to have this, this, this little insignificant incident on your on your account, I don't want you to do it. You're sharing, shedding uh, innocent blood. By my Lord having avenged himself. Oh, man, you don't want to do that, Dave. You don't want to avenge yourself because the wise person knows that the Lord is supposed to fight your battle. But she didn't say, hey, Dave, the Lord is supposed to start of fight your battles. You shouldn't be doing this. No, no, no. She's wise enough how to set things in a kind way but still get the point over. When the Lord deals well with my Lord, then remember your maid servant. So she's already acknowledging that the Lord is going to fight your battle. He's going to deal with with, with, with my husband in, in due time, you just wait on it, just like he's doing now. Isn't he waiting on on, on, on uh, God to set him in? He's not saying, I'm going to kill Saul myself because he had an opportunity. You see? Then David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed be your uh, discernment. And blessed be you who have kept me this day from bloodshed and from avenging myself by my own hand. He's acknowledging, oh, you're a wise woman. You're a wise woman. Everything you said was wise and oh, thank you. Nevertheless, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has restrained me, see, somebody who could do harm, but self-control is, is self-restraint. He could do harm, but he doesn't. He kept me from harm, harming you, 
because he he said he said I'm harming your your husband harming you because it, it was going to harm her also because what he did to the men was going eventually trickle down and she's going to have problems unless you had come quickly quickly he said and she did come quickly to meet me surely there would not have been left to Nabal until the morning light as much as one male. So David received from her hand what she had, had brought him and said to her, Go, go up to your house in peace. See, I have listened to you and granted your request. Isn't that great? Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. That's what we want, isn't it? And that's what she she showed. She showed some fruit. And David did also. So, um, this was, to me, such a uh, great story that we can glean from and say, I want to be wise. I want to be more wise than I am now. I want to be able to speak in a way that can influence uh, people greater than I am. How can I do that? Because, you see, you have a job, and sometimes your boss doesn't do things all the time, maybe like what you think he should do. Um, and can you get his ear? Can you uh, uh, help him to avoid situations that can cause a company problem? What can you do? Can you do that in your household? Can you do that with your husband? Can you do that with your wife? Can you do this with your children? Um, we can take these things and say, God says he wants us to be bearing much fruit, so shall we be his disciples. So I want to bear much fruit, and so I have to have some wisdom. I have to know how to talk to people. I have to know all these things. So that's what I want us to be in the process of doing as we are reading scripture, apply to yourself, how can I do this? How can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this to my job, my situation? So uh, it's not just idle words. It's not just a story we're reading. This is life. This is the word of God. And the word of God is live. It's a powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to divide between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. And uh, I want to be a wise person than I want us to be. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.